Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. It's Shep Hyken here back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Very excited today because in the house, we have Josh Ginsberg, who's the founder and CEO of Zignal Labs. He's going to give us a little bit of background on exactly what Zignal Labs does. I think you're going to find it interesting. Our topics today that we're going to focus on, the main topic, we'll start out of the gate, has to do with what happens when you have a crisis. How do you manage it? And what are some of the great brands that are out there that are doing the right thing? Josh, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thanks so much, Shep. Really appreciate you having me on. Well, we're glad you're here. So quick little background on Zignal Labs and who you are. I know Zignal's been around since 2011. You started it, you founded it, you run it. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, sure, of course. And just maybe some quick context. My background's in the political and public affairs space. So having this, the Zignal Labs was really born out of uh, the problems that we were seeing in those spaces. So whether it was working on presidential campaigns or working for major brands at a public relations firm, uh, we faced the exact same issue, which was there's massive amounts of data out there. And at our best and finest moments, in order to understand what was being said about us out there, but actually much more importantly, take action on those things. I mean, we would literally have 10, 20 year olds in a back room constantly doing Google news searches with a wall of TVs in front of them and tweet deck. And I, you know, I get an email every eight or nine minutes saying, hey, here's a new story that mentions your CEO or your company or your candidate. And my question was always the same, which is, hey, that's great, but is it moving? Is it trending? Is it positive? Is it negative? Most importantly, what type of action should we take? So what Zignal Labs does is we uh, make that process much more efficient and effective through the use of technology. So in short, we're bringing in every publicly available media data point from social media, traditional media, and television. And helping brands make sense of what's being said about them, but most importantly, take action on it. Right. And it doesn't have to be about a crisis. It could be really about anything. It could be competitive uh, things that are happening in your industry and how you're benchmarked against your competition. I did a little work and research about who you are, but so it isn't just about crisis management, although that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today, because I think uh, companies big or small, are going to go through a time when they go, oh gosh, what can I do to mitigate whatever damage is being done and uh, you know, how can I best do it? But in that, right, you, you cover a, a number of areas. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty broad in terms of how we can work with companies. But to your point, you know, crises are sort of that moment where you need to be ready, and efficient, and effective. So Zignal does a lot of stuff in real time. So Uh, It's definitely applicable, and we're definitely very used to crisis scenarios. I mean, maybe to summarize, I'd say when when we talk about Zignal Labs North Star, kind of how we approach our mission, it's Zignal helps companies protect uh, their most valuable asset, which is their brand, and Mm so um, that's our approach. Whether that's in a crisis, whether that's benchmarking against competitors, whether that's planning for a new rollout, or how we're gonna how they're gonna talk to customers. Um, that's that's how we approach it. Yep, and I know you do. Uh, you, you start out in that political area, and you've worked with uh, President George W. Bush. Uh, you've worked with uh, Governor Mitt Romney. Uh, you served as a political advisor to uh, 
Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, you're, you've done a lot. We're going to stay away from politics, though. <laughs> that's, that's a really good idea. <laughs> I support that. I know, but let's jump into it. Let's let's talk about like uh, a crisis that everybody would recognize. And by the way, and and your team did a great job. Um, you gave me some insights into what's happened with Sephora, how they're closing for diversity training, um, and we all know last year um, the uh, um, with um, Bar or not Barnes Starbucks with Starbucks they shut down for an entire afternoon the entire North American operation. And really that had to cost millions and millions of dollars, but they had to give some type of training, sensitivity training uh, to their people because of some incidents that happened. I know Target had a nationwide cash register outage, which caused problems. So let's take a look at some of these crises and talk about what was handled well and, and, and how you know, we can learn from that. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to think about it in a couple of different areas. You know, action is important. It's important for uh, customers and consumers to see a company take action during a crisis and after a crisis so that you know, they're really projecting that they've learned their lessons and they're getting better. So shutting down the store for diversity training and things like that, those are good steps. But there's a really important component to this, which is it has to be authentic. If it just seems like they're doing it for, you know, the sake of responding to a crisis, but they've never done anything like that before and they'll never do anything like it again, it sort of falls hollow. So, you know, these organizations that you talked about, Starbucks, you know, they actually do have authenticity around those, the, those types of uh, kind of purpose-driven uh, uh, incidents and, and, and initiatives like that. You know, Sephora... You know, if they just shut it down, shut down their stores for a day in a vacuum to do training, that's not going to do much. But if you see, they they recently came out with a a, a belong campaign uh, in support of the transgender community. So there's authenticity attached to that, and that's the uh, important component if uh, companies are going to be uh, uh, successful in terms of moving through that crisis and actually figuring out how to take advantage of their position, uh, in the spotlight. So one of the biggest crises to happen to any brand, uh, well, actually a couple of big ones, uh, United airlines, obviously one of them where they had an issue with the passenger being dragged off the plane, uh, Starbucks incident where two, um, African-Americans were arrested because they were waiting for their friend and the manager thought they weren't buying anything. They're just sitting there taking up space and asked them to leave. And when they didn't, she called but Anyway, I'll not forget what Howard Schultz, CEO of Starbucks said uh, that evening after the incident happened, he goes, I'm flying right away to Philadelphia. Uh, I'll be there. So he acted quickly. And he said, I don't know what we're going to do to resolve this issue yet but I'm working on a plan and I'm going to let you know. I think there was a lot of transparency. How many people would actually say, I don't know yet. And I, by the way, those aren't the exact words he used, but I thought that's about as authentic as it gets. Then when they finally did come up with a plan, which was to shut down the Starbucks on an afternoon throughout the entire North America, I mean, millions and millions of dollars has had to cost them in sales, but they knew what they were doing, the right thing. He even said, I don't think this is going to completely solve the problem, but it's going to create some awareness. And I hope others follow suit and try to do the same thing because part of resolving the issue is being aware of the, the, the issue. 
I can't promise it's not going to happen again, but we're going to do our best. How do you feel about that? I mean, I think they did 100% the right thing. Do you think they managed that crisis properly? Yeah, actually, I think they did a really good job. And if you were sort of break that out into three components, you know, the first thing to your point is they acted quickly. And that's important because you need, you need to fill that void with, you know, showing um, that, you're, that you're acting. Mm-hmm. The second thing is uh, they communicated. And they communicated throughout that entire episode. And, you know, there's, there's lots of studies about this, but just, in a, a, just to name a, a quick stat, you know, Accenture did a study where they showed 66% of consumers think transparency is one of a brand's most attractive qualities. So they moved quickly, they communicated, and they were transparent. And then the third component is they were authentic. Howard Schultz has had a career of very authentically talking about major issues, societal injustices, things like that. So when he went out there and spoke on it, he had the credibility already built up, you know, in in a lot of ways. And, you know, this goes back to kind of the purpose-driven brand perspective. um, uh, It's important to do that for a lot of reasons, but it also builds up capital. So when you face a crisis like this, you have credibility and consumers will stick with you. All right. So we've talked about Starbucks, Uh, you know, Sephora's um, shutting down for diversity training. We briefly touched on that. I want to get into that a little bit more, how Target handled a cash register outage, which obviously isn't some type of a social issue uh, or racial or discriminatory or inclusive issue. It's an operational issue that caused problems. I want to get into that. But first, we're going to take a real short break and we come back. We're going to talk about all of this and much more with Josh Ginsberg, CEO of Signal Labs. Don't go away, we'll be right back. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So, what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. By the way, if anybody has any questions or you want to share your story, you can find me in all types of social media uh, places. My, my Twitter handle, at Hyken. You can go to my website, hyken.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm everywhere, LinkedIn. So if you have any questions or you want to share a story, please do so because we'll get to those questions. I promise you I'll answer somehow, some way, so you get your answer. All right, we're back with Josh Ginsburg, founder and CEO of Signal Labs. Uh, hey, let's jump into this. You know, we've talked about uh, already Starbucks. Sephora has their diversity training, and they did a pretty good job with that. But sometimes things happen like Target, cash register outage. Um, I remember when Starbucks payment system went down and I remember how they handled it. I don't know if you know about that incident. It happened at least a couple of years ago, but what happened with Target and how did they handle it? Yeah. So it was the weekend before Father's Day, I believe, and their point of sale cash register uh, uh, technology uh, went down. They had an outage and 
<clears throat> I've read some estimates that say that they lost upwards of $50 million of uh, sales worth of sales that day. And that's so, because pe people couldn't check out. Yeah, they couldn't buy anything there. Um, so if you're a, if you're a store, that's a, it's a pretty big problem. So, <laughs> I would say, yeah. So, so what do I, they do? How do they handle it? Well, I think Target would now look. One of the things our technology can see is sentiment, and is it positive or is it negative? Now, obviously, sentiment, uh, the negative sentiment, is going to go way up in a situation like that, and clearly, that's a problem. Now, Target did do something smart, which was they communicated throughout the entire incident. <clears throat> there was consistent communication, so uh, people knew that it was happening. Uh, and then they also were letting people know when it was resolved. I mean, actually, just to maybe personalize this, I, I actually happened to be going on my way to Target to pick something up. Uh, I happened to look down on Twitter, and I saw the uh, a tweet about it, and I actually uh, went to Home Depot and said, sorry, sorry for Target in that situation. But because they did such a good job communicating it, I actually did not go in store and have a bad experience within Target. So, um, you know, there, there's really smart things that companies can do in terms of that consistent communication there. And, and uh, it was nationwide. It wasn't isolated to one particular store or one particular area. It was all, and, and how long did that outage last? Uh, I believe it lasted for most of the day. Um, and so in a situation like that, I mean, obviously there's an unfortunate effect of loss of sales. Um, and Target was smart in that, they, uh, in that they communicated consistently. And then the question is, okay, well, how does a company reduce tension with the customers who were waiting in line? And you know, part of that's about in-store communication. Part of that's about, you know, do you do things like reward loyalty points? What sorts of things do you do there? And from, you know, my understanding, they actually did, uh, despite frustrations, uh, clearly being high with people who are in the store and in line, it sounds like they did a good job communicating with their customers in-store. So it's not just an online incident, it's also offline that you have to handle those things. Right, right. I can only imagine. And I mean, people had to abandon their cart. And this time it isn't cart abandonment online, it's cart abandonment in-store and forced to go to another store to buy whatever it was going they were going to buy or come back another day and the inconvenience of that. But it sounds to me like you feel, especially looking at it from your position, that this brand, Target, did the right thing. And by the way, I'm gonna mention a word that you mentioned at least twice, and that's the word consistently. They consistently communicated. Yeah, I mean, look, there's two ways of, of handling these types of situations. There's sort of let's scramble and do things behind the scenes and people don't know what's going on. And that's where companies really get into trouble. The other way is that consistent communication where there's transparency involved. I mean, nobody wants to have that type of situation. That is not a good day by any means. But if you're communicating openly like they were, you can at least mitigate that as much as possible. Do you think they picked up any, oh, uh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, customers saying, I really feel sorry for them. They're trying so hard. I'm going to make sure I come back next time. Uh, did they have any of that or, or uh, I mean, how, I think how they handle it, you'd feel bad for them versus angry at them. I think that's really yeah, the general so. sentiment is how it was leaning toward. But, right. you know, we, did they do something specific to drive that feeling? Well, I think because they were open in their communication, we did see some of that in our data uh, and on our platform.
platform. Um, you know, there was definitely some frustration too. Then there was people getting a little freaked out that it was a cyber attack, which it turned out. Oh, it was it oh, um, uh, the 2000 Y2K has finally hit? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 19 years later. Um, uh, but even communicating that's important too, because, you know, customers want to know and shoppers want to know that they're personal information is not being exposed on the dark web and things like that. So the way that they did even talk about that openly, I think was positive for them uh, in terms of mitigating um, how that could have been much more negative. So let's look at an opposite experience. I won't mention any names, but uh, let's talk about the airlines for a moment. It frustrates me to no end. I fly every single week, and I, I would say a good percentage of the flights, uh, uh, not, not like, an, like a majority, but I'd say 30 to 40% of the time, there is something that would make me think my flight's not going to take off on time. Sometimes it's just noticing the plane's not there yet and there's no way they can unload and get us on. And you know what happens is maybe we leave five or 10 minutes late. I'm not so concerned about that. I still think that the transparency and the openness of communication from the gate agent is really important. But when I see on the marquee above this gate agent's head, in, you know, it's, it's in the LED lights and it says, you know, here's my flight number operating whatever time on time and it's six minutes away from takeoff the plane's not even in the gate yet and and that person has never picked up the loudspeaker and said well it looks like the plane's not here yet i mean they what it just drives me nuts and they'll say well the airlines doesn't give them the information so they can't relay anything well it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the plane's not here yet number two i can go on the app i know american airlines has a great app feature that says What's the status of the flight coming into your gate? At least I know that even sometimes before the gate agent because they're not smart enough to look at their smartphone or look on the computer. I'm not sure. Now, I'm not ranting about a particular airline. I'm ranting about the situation. And then what frustrates me, and this probably happens and you can address this, is when one gate agent gives me one answer, and if I don't like it, I find another gate agent to give me another answer that's different. And it's, I'm asking the same question, getting two different answers. And that's why when you use that word consistently or consistency to describe the communication, that is so crucial in creating confidence with the customer is that they're getting the same information every time they ask, no matter who they ask that information of. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you hear this is uh, unfortunately quite a common sentiment towards uh, airlines on that. And so, you know, I think just going back to some of the points we talked about before, it's that transparency, it's that communication, it's acting quickly, it's letting uh, your customers know as things uh, are being updated and changing. You know, on top of that, now with the way social media operates, as soon as that happens, I mean, anybody can be an influencer, right? I mean, anybody can be sort of the one to trigger some viral post to, to get it moving very, very quickly. So, you know, whether it's an airline being delayed or there's an incident or something's caught on video on planes, which of course we, we, we've seen before as well. I mean, that's a whole new element that not just airlines, but any brand or company needs to be aware of and prepared for. Yeah. It's like, uh, they, they, there's an old expression, dance like nobody's watching, but realize you're being videotaped. 
Uh, that's the new version of that expression. And I think yeah, we yeah, have yeah. to we have to always realize that we're we're on stage when we're in front of our customers. Uh, we need to know that there could be somebody with a video camera out um, or somebody who's getting ready to tweet the incident. And that, that puts companies on notice. And I don't think uh, it's, it's become a critical mass yet, so to speak, where uh, companies recognize that the consumer or the customer in any type of business, any industry, B2B, B2C, doesn't matter. They have a tremendous amount of power today. Uh, and influencing how others think of the brand. Because if they're not treated well, their voice is bigger than ever. And I think it needs to be managed well. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's a few different components to that. So the first one is just the expectation of consumers with brands right now. And the expectation is effectively what uh, people used to, and I mean, still do, but used to expect just from politicians or elected officials. Well, now people are expecting brands and CEOs to take stands. Um, and, you know, I, I, I saw one study recently that talked about how 70% of Americans believe companies have an obligation to actually take action and to improve issues that may not be directly relevant to their everyday business, but definitely affects their brand. So, you know, take that into consideration uh, as well now when, when you're thinking through those types of issues. Give me an example of that so I, I get some clarity around it. What would be an issue that doesn't necessarily, is it, is it like, um, and I want to get into this, and I, if we get in, we may have to take a break and come back to it, but is this the idea uh, like, you know, animal testing for makeup companies and uh, where, you know. Well, for sure, animal cause. testing for makeup companies, although that's sort of directly applicable to those makeup companies. I mean, it's almost like makeup companies taking a stand against, you know, gun rights issues and things like that. Uh, okay, that so do, yeah. Directly applicable, but consumers have an expectation that companies are going to take stands and the executives on companies are going to take stands on those issues. All right, so the stat is 87% of Americans will purchase a product because a company advocated for an issue that they cared about. We're gonna talk about that and how companies can stand behind something, have a cause that's apparently not related to them or not related to them, but because they stand for it, it makes a difference. This is Amazing Business Radio, we will be right back. It's been said that you can't improve what you don't measure. And one of the most important areas to measure is the customer experience. My friends at Service Guru have an amazing solution that quickly allows your customers to rate their experience and more importantly, rate and review your employees. On average, their platform captures 50 times more valuable and actionable feedback about your staff and business because it's at the point of interaction before your customers ever leave. All types of businesses use Service Guru to measure and improve service, including restaurants, retail stores, doctors, dentists, and more. If you have customers and you want their feedback, go to www.serviceguru.com and tell them Chef sent you. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We are back on Amazing Business Radio, and we're going to be talking about now how a company can stand for something or stand behind something. If it's related to them, such as uh, you know animal testing for makeup companies, but what if it's not related to them? And how does that impact 
the way the brand is seen. Go ahead, uh, share your thoughts, because by the way, that, that stat that uh, I shared came from something that was written by your people. And another one that's intriguing is that 79% of Americans say they would be more loyal to a purpose-driven company. Yeah, and by the way, just take that first step, maybe a step further, three quarters of consumers will refuse to purchase a company's products or services upon learning it supported an issue that was contrary to their beliefs. So, I mean, people are really, and you know, we're obviously in a bit of a charged political environment out there generally right now, but uh, that's a really important thing for consumers is to understand the positions that companies have on issues that are outside of what, their, what their brand is not necessarily directly applicable for. Mm-hmm. And that's something that companies need to be aware of because it's driving the bottom line. It's driving actual uh, market cap, stock price, and things like that, and sales. Yeah, when you look at some a company like Chick-fil-A, we're not going to be open on Sundays. This is a, a value of ours. And there are people that love doing business with Chick-fil-A for that exact reason. Yep. And it hurts their sales not to be open on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to turn into Mr. Statman here, but I do think there's a, there's a relevant one, which is uh, brands with a high sense of purpose have experienced a brand valuation increase of 175% over the past 12 years compared to the median growth rate of about 86%. So um, while they might lose business on Sunday, in the case of Chick-fil-A, because they're taking a stand and they have... Uh, a, a purpose and a, a high sense of purpose that consumers see in them, actually that can help the bottom line of a business over the long term. Right. And there's an example of uh, something that's counterintuitive. And by the way, last year, or maybe it was this year, the um, Super Bowl was in Atlanta. And what day of the week is the Super Bowl? It's on a Sunday. And who are the big uh, vendor, one of the big vendors in the stadium? is Chick-fil-A. And here you have perhaps the busiest, most opportune time to sell a chicken sandwich. And they shut down because it's Sunday, because that's what their values are. And you know what? Nobody, I didn't hear anything negative. If anything, I heard praise that they stood true to their value. And I think that, you know, stands, uh, and by the way, that's a metaphor for any other business that wants to take something that's, uh, I mean, there's some controversial things about almost any company, including Chick-fil-A, but um, it's amazing to me about how when you take that stand with something that's important to people. Um, and, and how about not just the consumer? I know I'm jumping over here a little bit, but what about the employees as well? That's got to have positive impact on them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would say employees have very similar expectations uh, of their brand and they're listening and they're going to be advocates internally. And, you know, that improves things like employee retention and stuff like that. And in such a strong economy where, you know, there's not a lot of people looking for work right now, things that keep employees at companies are really important for uh, executives and management to always be considering. So, you know, it's good for business, but it's also a lot of times the right thing to do. And that's what employees are looking for now more than ever. 
Yep. They just love it. Uh, there's a friend of mine here in St. Louis where I live. Rusty Keeley has a company called Keeley Companies. And uh, they're amazingly community-driven and philanthropic. They have a whole wall devoted to their in their company, which talks about their community. And you know, one of the things is they go, hey, everybody who comes to work here needs to think that way. We're going to give you time, paid time to go out and do community-related things. And that just turns on that employee and wants them to work even harder because they love what the company stands for. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's, that's those, those types of initiatives are really, really important for companies nowadays. And you see that becoming, whereas before that was the exception, now it's very much the rule. Yep. All right. We're getting down to the end where we do the one thing question. The one thing you want to leave this audience with, uh, anything you can think of, any thoughts? Yeah, well, I know this is uh, typically about a minute long answer, if not less. I, I would love permission to maybe go a little bit over if that's possible. Permission granted. <laughs> okay, thank you. I, I forgot to throw in please, so I appreciate that. Um, so I think there's something that all companies need to be aware of right now, which is uh, there is a changing media landscape out there. And that landscape is having increased complexity every day. And there's really three drivers of it. Number one is just source proliferation. If you think about all of the different places that people can communicate and instantly be very public and viral on social media, on traditional media, on television, that makes the, their job really, really challenging. Now, on top of that, you have really fast news cycles just by virtue of how, you know, the dynamics and structure of social media, for example. So something can come from millions of different areas and it can start rising and moving within split seconds. So that's already really challenging. Now the third piece, and this is being talked about more and more, although I think this is just going to grow, we see this, these trends, particularly within our data, but there's a rise of disinformation. So there's a veracity issue on top of everything that's being said. Fake and that <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to coin a term. Yep. Uh, and that's impacting how customers uh, will hear something, so they need to hear things from trusted sources, but it also impacts the way that companies need to talk about things now too. So in this new media world and media landscape, all of the components that we've been talking about, you know, con consistent communication, transparency, authenticity, that's why it's so important because this media landscape is not getting less complex by any means. It's just going to increase and get Oh, yeah. It's, it's huge. And the media we're talking about a lot of times is what I refer to as personal media and that everybody out there is their own TV director, uh, is their own news broadcast, is their own review site, because they can go on and with a simple little tweet or a Facebook post or, or a LinkedIn post or any type of a post of message, they can reach a, a dozen, a two dozen, they can reach thousands, even millions of people. Uh, and that's why, as mentioned earlier, Customers have a louder voice than ever before, and I think it's important for brands to get out ahead of that, which is one of the things that you do over there at Zignal Labs is you give them the information to do that. But what I mean by getting out ahead of it is get that reputation out there. Establish what you're all about. Make the customer love you. So if there is any controversy, the customer is going to give you the benefit of the doubt and watch how you perform to restore their confidence. Absolutely. Building that capital is key for a brand. 
Um, not just because it's the right thing to do, although it is the right thing to do, but also when they do face a crisis, they've built that base of support and customers will trust you. Yep. And trust is all it's a, all that it's about. And, and back to that quote that you had uh, earlier, 66% of consumers feel that transparency is one of the brand's most attractive qualities. Josh, thanks so much for being on the show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it, Chip. All right, everyone, that wraps up another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Next week, we will have another amazing interview. So until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>